Happy Mother's Day. And summer's right around the corner. And you just heard about wind shape. And in case you haven't gotten your kiddos registered, um, our camp is for kindergarten through eighth grade. And let me tell you, this year we are doing it on two campuses. And we are so excited about that. Um, If you are interested at all in serving with us, um, let me tell you, it can fit your schedule because you can do it one day or all the days. You can do it a couple of hours or all the hours. So next Sunday at 1230 on both campuses in both of the kids' theaters, the one here and the one also in Fredericksburg, uh, we will have a volunteer interest meeting. So you're going to want to be a part of that. It is so, so fun, as you heard of some of the stories that people were sharing. Uh, it really, really is a great, great week of camp. Um, so... Welcome. This morning, it's Mother's Day, and I wish I could say we were going to have this wonderful feel-good message, but we're not. So welcome. Glad you're here. Um, Pastor Todd is in Lynchburg this week, and he got to participate in watching his oldest daughter graduate from college at Liberty University. I know. Isn't that great? And so they spent the weekend there with their family and with some of their friends, and they are having the greatest time. Um, And then Hannah, hopefully, is moving back to this area to be an elementary school teacher with Stafford County Schools, so that will be very lovely. Um, And I want to tell you, before we get ready to start, you guys have been encouraged to download the app the last few weeks. If you go onto the app, uh, Michelle Allen is the notes guru on the app. Oh, here it is right here. And um, if you go there, she, last night, she um, and I were talking on text, and she's got, had all my notes, and she uploaded somehow in the mystery of the world, she uploaded them here, and all you have to do is like tap, 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 and then it'll pop up. So there's that fun little information for you to know. All right, we are going to get started in back into James, soundbite. We have been in this series now for several weeks, and I will tell you this, it's been incredibly convicting to me, um, mainly because I talk a lot. And so simply because I talk so much, it's been very convicting of how I use my words. Um, This week, we went and had a chance uh, to go to Atlanta with all of our staff, the majority of our staff, and with our elders and a couple of our volunteers. We went down to Atlanta, and we were able to be at the Drive Conference, which is at North Point Community Church. The lead pastor there is Andy Stanley. And what they do is they allow um, your teams to come in, and they call it Drive. You're able to look under the hood of the car and kind of learn... their best practices and get some ideas. We're able to worship together. It really was just an incredible, incredible time. I'll tell you about a little bit more about that in a minute. But like I said, we've been in a series called Soundbite, and the last couple of weeks I've been very aware of my words. I am not typically a sarcastic person. I try to be funny every now and then, but I'm not sarcastic. But there is um, one time in my um, life on a daily basis that I do become sarcastic. Um, I have three children. And so I have one that becomes a tween tomorrow. I have a teen and I have a young adult. And um, what I find is, is that I become the most sarcastic when I'm trying to discipline them. And I'm not talking about just like a normal sarcasm. It is like um, I could win an Oscar role for my level of sarcasm that I produce. Because I mean, and then I get loud, and it's like I'm standing outside of my body watching myself be this ridiculous. Because I'm like, no, really, really, please tell me how hard your life is right now. And I just keep going, and I don't stop. Like, I'm standing there thinking, maybe a pause button might be really good right now. Like, maybe you should just shut your mouth. And no, I just continue to do it. And I get louder, and I get louder, and I get louder, and more sarcasm comes. 
And in the last several weeks since we've been in this series, what I notice is that when I get like that, my kids completely just shut down. They just want no part of it. Because it's if, and I forget for a second that I am mothering them, and instead it's like I'm trying to win an argument. And that is not a good or proud parenting moment for me. Because I am speaking to them the way that I hate when they or somebody else might speak to me. And here I'm just dosing it right onto them. I mean, I'm bleh, right there all over them. When I was in high school, our youth pastor, he did um, a devotion on James 3, and it has never left me. He gave every person in our group these tiny little tubes of toothpaste and a little paper plate. And he said, okay, I want you to take that tube of toothpaste, and I want you just to smush every bit of toothpaste out onto that plate. So we did, and we smushed all of our toothpaste right there onto our plate. So then after we were all done, he said, okay, now I want you to try to put that toothpaste back into the tube. Well, I was a middle schooler, and I was like, I'm going to make this happen. So, I mean, I take that toothpaste, and I mean, I am trying to shove it back into that tube. And all I did was make this horrible, horrible mess. And so our youth pastor said, our mouths are very much like that tube of toothpaste. Once all the words are out, just like once all the toothpaste is out, you can never take it back again. It doesn't matter how many I'm sorry's you give, the words are already out there. And usually we try to fix the I'm sorry's by saying more words, which then makes it even a little bit more messier, instead of just owning that that was an awkward time. And anyway, the I'm sorry's don't bring immediate healing. I mean, if we're the ones to just bleh all over somebody, this is what we want to say. Come on, why can't you get over it? I mean, I'm over it. Can't we just get back to normal? No, because the pain and the hurt, they're still there. Um, I live down in Fredericksburg, and my family and I, we go to the Fredericksburg campus the last several weeks while it's getting up and running, and we love the Fredericksburg campus. We absolutely love it. It's so much fun. We love Stafford. We love you. But I'm telling you, when you've got a church right there in your backyard, you're like, woohoo! You Stafford people know. And so I was all excited that we've got this, this campus right here now, and we love this little Fredericksburg campus. And... Um, I mean, this is totally a side note. This is not in my notes at all. I just want to brag on the Fredericksburg campus really, not really quick and tell you what God is doing. We have been open for about seven or eight weeks. And I want you to know you guys are a part of what's happening in Fredericksburg. Because of your generosity, really, what's happening in Fredericksburg is a direct result of your giving, of your prayers, of your support. And I'll tell you now, I live in the kid world because I'm, I'm the, the kid minister. And I live in the kid world. And so down there in the last seven weeks, we have had 50 kid visitors. Do you know how huge that is? That means that's 50 kiddos that are coming with their families to hear about Jesus. And then last week, no, two weeks ago, we started our very first small group for middle schoolers. And we were praying that God would bring us five kids. That's truly what we prayed. We we're like, okay, Lord, just bring five kids. 16 showed up on the first Sunday. How beautiful is that? You guys, it's so exciting what is happening down there in Fredericksburg. Now, the entire reason I got off on that tangent is because I want to tell you about the Publix in Fredericksburg. Do you see the squirrel trail in my head that just happened? I don't even know where all that came from. Anyway, there is a new grocery store down in Fredericksburg called Publix, and I love it better than life. I mean, it is just the best. And 
It's so fabulous. And my youngest daughter and I, we were at the grocery store one evening, and I was pushing the cart, and she was in front of me. And I kept, like, can you move a little, fa- move a little faster? Go. And, I mean, I was, like, so close to her, and I was like, just move. And then, uh, sure enough, I wasn't paying attention, and I clipped the back of her heel. You know, oh, see, you all went, yeah, you know, it is painful. And so I clipped the back of her heel. Well, immediately I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Well, here's what I found out about my sorries. It did not take away the pain in her heel. And I kept trying to offer more I'm sorry's, and she was like, dude, it hurts. I mean, like, the more I kept saying I'm sorry, the more the heel was hurting. And so what we need to know is sticks and stones may break our bones, but words do hurt. Just because we say I'm sorry does not mean the pain goes away. Our lives are shaped by many people and by their words. And our very lives are shaped by the words that are spoken to us, over us, and about us. Words have shaped our childhood. Words have shaped our friendships. Words have shaped our marriages. Words are very, very important. People with no confidence at all, none, They will gain confidence simply by the words that are spoken to them or over them or about them. And then the flip is true. People with great confidence can fall in complete defeat and rendered useless for a season simply because of words that were spoken to them and over them and about them. Our tongues are the sharpest tool that we have as a human. It can either bring life or it can bring death. We can destroy a person with our words and not even be in the same room with them. That is how powerful a weapon that is. James is the brother of Jesus, and he wrote, obviously, the book of James. And it's a letter to first century Christians, and he is very serious in this book about our words and about our tongues. So we're going to go today into James 3. So James 3, 2 says, We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. So basically, if you gain control of your mouth, you will keep your entire body out of trouble. That is how important your tongue is. And if we don't understand this, James gave us three word pictures that we're going to look at. The first says, James 3.3, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Now, I don't know if you've ridden a horse, but surprisingly, I have. So, of course, I'm a master about it. No, not really at all. But I have ridden a horse. My, uh, you know when your kids come to you and they say, I um, want to play the tuba or whatever they do, and you like kind of know that's probably not the best thing, but you, so you wait them out. And then if they just continue to ask you to do it. Well, for some reason, the first time I said I want to ride a horse, my parents were like, okay, score, let's go do it. That's what happens when you have an only child. So we went, and my parents bought me the boots. They bought me the helmet. Uh, like, I don't even know if that's what you call it. Helmet? Yeah, okay. So you bought a helmet. I mean, I took for several years. I should know more than this. But so they had the boots, the helmet, and every single week we would go to the stables, and we would ride, we, me, I would ride these horses. And so then it got, you know, several months into it, and I was learning. Um, I loved, you know, in the beginning, you have to groom them. And then after you groom them, you learn how to put the saddle on. And then you start learning how to walk. And then eventually you get up to the trot. I was all excited when I trot. So I was like, woohoo, this is awesome. And when my parents came one day, 
um, to watch, I was like, Mom, Dad, look at this. And this big beast of an animal, I was maybe 10, this big beast of an animal had um, a bit in its mouth, the reins, and I could pull the reins to the right, and that entire animal would move to the right. I could pull the reins to the left, the entire animal would go to the left. I could control that entire horse with its mouth. So we have a small part, but a big influence on this animal. Now, James basically is thinking, okay, if you don't want to talk about horses, then let's talk about ships. James 3, 4, it says, or take ships as an example. Although there are, they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So let me show you this picture here, this drawing. This is an um, ancient ship. Now, 200 or more people can be on this ship at one time. So that's a lot of people. Underneath here, all of this is cargo. This is a very heavy ship with a lot of people and a lot of stuff. Then you have these unexpected winds that come up. So there's a lot going on for this thing to actually make it to its destination. And the thing that determines the destination and how it gets there is this tiny little rudder. Small, small, small part, big, big, big influence. All right, I want you to think then about our tongues. Very small, being able to direct the quality of our life and the course of our life. It, this tongue has the power to determine the quality of life that we are going to have. James 3.5 says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. So let's talk about the tongue for a little bit, shall we? Happy Mother's Day. It is four inches long. Now, it, that's the average tongue. You may be above average or below average. I don't have a clue. But the average tongue is four inches long. It has eight muscles in the tongue. That is odd. But it does. It has eight muscles in the tongue. And now here's the thing. All the other muscles in your body, they eventually, at some point in your day or in your week, they'll get tired. If you walk or if you run or if whatever you do, at some point, some muscles are going to get tired in your body. Never your tongue. Your tongue never gets tired. It never fatigues. Never, never, never. Never, never, never. Now, if you have children, you know this is true. <laughs> because you know that the majority of children use all of their words by 8 a.m. And yet they are still fully capable of using 5 million more words before the end of the day. And even then... They are only not using their tongue because hopefully they go to sleep. So I'm telling you, the tongue never gets tired. James gives us one more illustration. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. So I want you to look at this picture. This is a forest fire. Now, this morning when I showed up, I was going to give you an illustration. And I brought these gigantic... Um, plow and hearth matches that you light fire pits with, like we have a fire pit, so we bought it, they're this tall. So I lit it, and it was a lot of smoke. So they said, you cannot set the sprinklers off on Mother's Day. So we have this now. There we go. So let's imagine this. Just pretend that it's a plow and hearth match and all is grand. All right, so this is this. Small part, massive devastation. Small part, massive devastation. 
In this fire, the things that are destroyed, homes, wildlife, cars. When wildfires hit crops, it destroys an entire livelihood for a farmer. All of that devastation simply by a spark, by one spark. Something so small creates something so large. So we have a bit to able to control an entire animal, a rudder able to control an entire ship, a spark being able to control an entire devastating forest fire. So James then goes on to say, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Happy Mother's Day. So good. Let me tell you what James is saying here. He is saying that our tongues have the potential for endless harm. Now, they also, in the coming weeks we're going to learn, continuing the series, they have such the potential for great good. But we need to be aware of what our tongues have the capability of doing. Many, many, many hard things in this life happen because of our words. For example, divorce happens because words started. Murder happens because arguments started. Wars start because of words. And here is the thing we all must keep in mind. Andy Stanley says, we are all born with our pilot lights lit. Every one of us. This isn't something we need to attain to. All of us, our pilot lights are lit, ready to either create this or create healing. It has the power to corrupt an entire story. Our mouths can get our entire body into trouble. For example, again, if you have kids, I don't know why I'm on this today, although it is Mother's Day, but if you have kids and you are disciplining them, when you put them in timeout, you don't just put their mouths in timeout. You put their entire bodies in timeout. If you um, have caused strife at work and you get fired, your boss does not just stick your mouth on the unemployment line. Your entire body is unemployed now. If you are getting a divorce after years of arguing and arguing and arguing, your spouse does not just divorce your mouth. You divorce the entire person. So your mouth affects your entire being. Our words determine the direction of our lives. They, do, they have the ability to burn down marriages and friendships and relationships with our family. Our words can burn down our career because our words matter. But let me tell you, it's not just our face-to-face -face words, our out loud words. Our virtual words matter. What we send in texts and emails and put in updates on status and Facebook and social media, that carries as much weight as face-to-face -face words. So many people will say things in a text, in an email, or on the internet that they would never dream of saying face-to-face -to, -face to somebody. It can be dangerous. We need to measure our words, both out loud words and virtual words, because they matter. And they point to the character that's deep in our heart. Sometimes we scorch the people that we love the most. 
like when I scorch my kids with sarcasm. Why do I do this? The hard thing is that I am responsible for this even though I regret it. James 3, 7 says, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Our tongues must always be guarded. Like Pastor Todd was speaking about, quick to listen, slow to speak. It's what James says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. He's not telling us this in James because he wants to give us a list of to-dos. He's doing it because he knows, he knows the fires that can burn because of our mouths. So he's saying, I, I care about this. So I want you to be quick to listen and slow to speak because that is what's best for you. Thinking about our tongue being a restless evil, that it can absolutely ruin the things that we've talked about, that is the poison of words that James is speaking about here. In James 3, verses 8 through 9, it says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. So we say we love Jesus, we attend church, and then we yell at our families, yell at those that we're closest to. That's not natural anywhere else in nature like it is with our tongue. Let me explain. Um, James 10, 3, 10 through 11. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Our tongue has the ability to be kind and to curse all from the same mouth. James is saying, why do we do this? Why do we choose kindness and we choose cursing all out of the same mouth? Then he says, James 3.12, My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Let me tell you what he's saying here because this can get confusing. He's saying this is not natural. You don't find fresh water and salt water mixing. You don't find that a fig tree can have olives on it. They have one job. Well, our tongue is the exact opposite. Kindness and cursing have the ability to come out of the same mouth. And then, oddly enough, that's how he ends the passage. And you're thinking, wait a minute. I need, like, three steps to show me how to live with this weird tongue of mine. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, I need a self-help book that's got, like, three, three ways that I can, you know, master and tame my tongue. But James doesn't do that. And I think one of the reasons James doesn't do that is because this isn't a one-and-done kind of thing. This is a every morning I've got to wake up and surrender my mouth because if I get this one thing right, it affects the direction of my entire life. If I can get this one thing under control... It affects my marriage, my parenting, my friendships, my career. This one thing affects all the things if we are able to get it under control. It is a daily surrender and asking God to help us get this under control. Because with our tongue, if we do not get this under control in our daily lives, for the rest of our lives, we will quickly learn that we can have extraordinary relationships in our life or we can have extraordinarily bad relationships in our lives. And it all will circle around how we speak. 
because our tongue determines the health of our marriage, the health of our, the way we parent, the health of our job. It determines so much. In our house, we have a phrase that we use, and it was, was that a weapon word or a healing word? And then they roll their eyes. But is that a healing word or is that a weapon, weapon word? Because there really are no um, other ways of talking about it. Healing talk and weapon talk. I can't really think of any other ways there are to talk. There's healing talk and there's weapon talk. And if you're wondering what is passive-aggressive talk, just so you know, it's weapon talk. There's no healing that happens in that. So healing talk, weapon talk. Those are our two options here. And we've never arrived at this. On a daily basis, we have to choose. Today, am I going to choose healing talk or weapon talk? In this situation with this person that's irritated me, am I going to use healing talk or weapon talk? With my kids who I have got to talk with them and and be able to parent them, am I going to use healing talk or weapon talk? With my boss who's on my last nerve, am I going to use healing talk or weapon talk? What am I going to do? So sometimes it's not a daily surrender of our tongue. Sometimes, honestly, it's an hour by hour or even a minute by minute. We have to pause and say, healing talk or weapon talk, which one is it going to be? Because we've never, ever arrived at this. Quick to listen, slow to speak. And we choose to be quick to listen and slow to speak it is more likely that we will head in the direction of healing talk. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Because when we reverse that, that sends us right into the line of weapon talk. When we are doing more talking than we are listening, this is normally where we're headed. Healing talk, weapon talk. When we arrived in Atlanta this week, um, Andy Stanley shared something that he does every day. And I thought it was applicable to this message because he uh, spends first thing in the morning this time of surrender that he does. And he gets on his knees, and um, what he does is he acknowledges first that in Romans it says that we offer our bodies every single day as a living sacrifice to Jesus, every day. So for him to do that, he is very conscious about the posture that he has. So he gets beside his bed or beside his study, wherever he is, and he gets on his knees and he surrenders, literally surrenders his body like it talks about in Romans. So here's what he does. He says this prayer, God, I give you my hands. Basically, I want to do what you want me to do today. God, I surrender my feet. I want to go where you want me to go today. I surrender my eyes. I want to look at what you want me to look at today. I surrender my ears. I want to listen to what you want me to listen to. And then I surrender my mouth. I want to say what you want me to say. And that's what he does every day. And it puts him in this mindset and this posture that I have given God my life today. And I'm going to surrender it, and I'm going to hope that I can do what he wants me to do. And what if every morning we prayed, Father, I want to say what you want me to say today. Remind me to be quick to listen and slow to speak. What if we did that? Because here's what I know. We're going to mess up. We're humans. We will probably mess up in the car on the way home because that's what we do. But here's what I will say. We need to immediately own it 
and confess it. We need to own the fires that we start with our tongue. And we need to apologize for the wounds that we've inflicted. Even if it does not take the pain away, that person needs to know that you are in a posture of owning the fires that you started. Because then it makes it easier to be able to continue healing talk once you have owned your fires. Let's guard our words this week. This week I got to see healing words in action on the front line right there. Um, as I said, we went with our elders and with some of our volunteers and with our staff, and we went to this conference. And I love my team. I love my team so much. And we get to do life every single day together. Their words that they speak are just um, powerful and beautiful and kind. And when there's somebody on our team that is having a hard time, to be able to watch life being spoken over them is a beautiful thing. So I, ad I absolutely adore my team here at the Mount. I also have this other team. Uh, my friend Katie Hawkins and Gwen Curtis and I have started this little podcast about a year and a half ago called She Speaks Stories. And every week we tell a story about, um, it's usually women. Sometimes, we've done a couple of men, but it's normally women. And um, they will share a story and how God invaded that story and was the hero in that story. And in the last year and a half, man, it's been a ride. We have had so much fun with it. And what we've been amazed with is how people are able to relate to other people's stories, even if that's not their story. Because they're believing if God can do that in their life, maybe he can do something like that in my life too. So he starts believing it. Well, in the last year and a half, Katie and Gwen and I have, have logged a lot of hours together in a lot of life. And so um, they are my ministry partners, just like my team is here at the Mount. And um, this week, Katie, while we were there in Atlanta, she was expecting a medical diagnosis. And uh, she had been in for some tests uh, a couple, about a week ago, and she really just thought that it was just going to be nothing and we were just going to be done and be over. And um, while we were there, on the last day that we were there, the doctor called her and told her that she did indeed have stage 3 breast cancer. And um, if you know Katie, Katie is um, a human magnet. She loves community. She loves people. She loves being with people. And what I watched in those 12 hours was absolutely unbelievable. Because Katie went from hands shaking, I can't send a text, to complete peace. Because her husband and her kids and her siblings and all of our staff and elders, they were speaking all of these just amazing healing words over her. Now, I'm not saying it healed her cancer, because clearly it did not. But it did calm a soul. And that's what our words have the power to do. The words that they spoke over her they gave her a bit of courage. They gave her a little bit of belief that God's got me on this journey. He's got me. He's holding me tight. My daughter, as I was coming in this morning, um, she asked to pray over me, my youngest, and she prayed. And the prayer that she prayed was, um, be the Prince of Peace to many in that room today. And I think that's what those words did for Katie. 
because she went from holding a phone and just shaking it, not being able to send a text, to complete calm. And our Prince of Peace provided that through his people. Our words have the ability to calm a soul, healing words or weapon words. What if every morning we said, let's surrender our mouth to you today. Help me use it as a force for good and not for harm. What if we said this every day? We put it on sticky notes around our house and on our mirrors and on our dashboard. Father, I surrender my mouth to you today. Help me to use it as a force for good and not for harm. And moms, let me talk to you for a second because it's Mother's Day. I wanna say to you, what if we did this and we spoke life over our marriages, over our kids, over our jobs, over our friendships, over our family? What if we did that? Because here's what I would say to you, that doesn't just affect the right now, that has an effect for generations to come. Because if we can use healing words instead of weapon words in our home, our kids then learn when they have their own families that they need to be using healing words instead of weapon words. And then their kids and their kids and their kids. So a decision we make today about how we use our words affects generations to come. And it teaches these homes, this is how I wanna use my tongue, for good and not for harm. And moms and dads, what if you chose to use healing words in your marriage and your kids were watching? It will change their idea of how to communicate with their future spouse. Our words matter. We have our pilot light already lit. So we have to choose, are we going to have healing conversations or harmful conversations? Let's pray. Father God, we love you so much. You are so good to us. Thank you, Father, that you give us the ability to surrender to you every day and say, I wanna use my mouth for good and not for harm. Jesus, thank you for helping us do that. We wanna make our homes and our families healing environments and not weapon environments. We wanna ask forgiveness when we need to ask forgiveness. And we wanna move forward and say, today I'll start over again with healing. Father, help us surrender every single day to you with our mouths. Jesus, we love you, amen.